When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, today's episode we got Sibley Skulls, host of the Raiders Talk of the Nation, NBC, and also Raiders in-game host for Allegiant Stadium during home games. Sibley Skulls, I am so happy to have you on. Thank you for even asking me to do this. Um, it's always weird because I ask the questions. So now <laughs> when I'm in this seat, it's different, but it's cool. It's fun. So thank you. It's an honor. Loved you out there on the field for us. And so Appreciate it's cool it. to sit and talk to you. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, we'll go ahead and do a little bit of a switcheroo this time around. I'll ask the questions so you can go ahead and be on the receiving end. So I'm going to go ahead and just hop in right away. With you being from the Bay Area, being yeah. now so heavily involved with the Raiders, a team that I used to play for for several years, talk to me about that experience. Man, I mean, just first and foremost, I say this anytime anyone asks, um, and Raider Nation, I've been a part of it since I was born. Bleed the silver and black, being from the Bay, my parents, um, our love language is sports. My parents met in Oakland at an Oakland oh, wow. A's game uh, when they were 15 and 17. So, you know, the, the A's were their first entrance into to sports. And then my dad watched the Raiders before they even had a field. They were playing at the mm. college. Mm-hmm. So, um, Growing up, he would always show us, you know, Belitnikov. He had like every, like, all, yes, he had everything. He had all the old programs, still has them every now and then. He'll surprise my sister and I with a new program. He's like, look at this one that I had. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's been in us. It's it's something that uh, brings the family together, just the yep. game itself. Played, went to a lot of games in Oakland and I actually met the organization through, um, I mean, I tweet, I tweet a lot about the games and stuff like that. And then yeah. Marcus Padilla, who we were talking about a moment ago, mm-hmm. um, got on, uh, he's over there with the organization. He's been there for 15, is it 15 years? Been there for a minute. Oh yeah. He's been there for a minute. Oh yeah. One of my guys. Yeah. He actually brought me to the last Oakland home game, um, where I had never been on the field before. So I got to go on the field and I just- was there. Yeah, I meet everybody, watch the game um, and bring my family down. So that was kind of my start into, you know, being nice. close to the organization, still not working with them. But I had always aspired like there's got to be something I can do with them. Kept in contact. Um, and then two summers ago, he asked me to come out to tour the, the facility. And then at the end of the tour, I had my parents with me and he said, you know, would you be willing to be an in-game host and work with us? We're still figuring it out, the logistics. And I said, hell yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> Do that. So that was my first season um, with the Raiders. This is, I've, I've down two seasons now as the um, co-host with Mark Chinook for mm-hmm. in-game there. And then um, this past season, they asked if I'd like to up 
my duties and be the host of Raiders Talk of the Nation, which you mentioned. It um, For anybody who wants to watch, you can go to the Raiders channels. It's on there. I've had the pleasure of sitting down with so many people from our president, Sandra uh, Douglas Morgan, to one of my favorite quarterbacks, Rich Gannon, uh, as early as just recently as Devontae Adams and uh, Josh Jacobs. So it's been a dream come true. I bet it so, has. Yeah, to be able to have that rich history with the team as a fan and then to be able to do this and and be around the fans and tr and travel with the team as well it's been yeah it's been a great experience talking about how it has such a rich tradition the one thing that i realized when i first got to oakland when i first played in the coliseum just being in the bay area is how it feels so much like a family. It feels so much like a community. Like Raider Nation really, really is a true thing. The black hole back in the old Oakland Coliseum, it is such a real thing. And my point that I'm trying to make is because it's such a family because you're so ingratiated because you're so welcomed by everybody within that region of the United States and for so many other places, because the fans travel so well, Talk to me for you being from the Bay Area, growing up, loving the Raiders, watching the Raiders. Obviously, you weren't a part of them yet, but obviously you had a, a great level of appreciation. Talk to me for you being actually from the Bay Area, what it was like being there for that last game and knowing that they were about to move to Sin City. You know what? Um, I'm not a fair weather fan. Clearly, I just, you know, I've been with them since the beginning. I think it takes a lot to be a Raider fan, to know the ebbs and flows of, of what the season is. And then again, yeah. take it to community. Like you said, I always knew what it was to be a part of Raider Nation because again, you know, growing up in it, but to actually get one-on-one -on -one FaceTime with the different, you know, different cities and different states that, that have the, um, the black hole, uh, around there it's like it's a different experience it's, it's almost emotional when mm -hmm. I get to talk to the fans because um it is a family I know sometimes the the team gets a bad rap as far as fans go and it's like oh it's the Raiders and especially when we were in Oakland but when they moved I never I never jumped ship it was you know it's like Raider till I die like you, oh, you always go, black and silver yeah it's you go with the team and um I think for me, it felt great to see them get Allegiant Stadium. I felt like, again, you know, they played in the same place where the A's was right there. So you, well, we were one of the te only teams that had a baseball field. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It felt like, cool, this is finally the moment that this team gets to have what they deserve, I think. Because Allegiant Stadium... I've even fans of whoever it was when we had the um, the Niners come into the house and play. That was a crazy game to be at. Oh, yeah. I watched that one on TV. Yep. Man, I, I think I lost my voice after that game. <laughs> I, I always have to remember when I'm working to not be a fan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's very hard to do that. Um, but, yeah, I think the, this organization deserved that. Um I felt like, you know, they, they bring so much and so much richness to what the NFL really is about. And it comes down to family and bringing people together. I think sports, that's what sports does. So I was happy that they're getting, you know, Allegiant stadium and, and the amount of work and what Mark Davis has done with it. And to have the flame up there for Al Davis, the torch. Oh yeah. Um, Beautiful. It's, 
Yeah, it's a beautiful representation of just what the organization means. It's classy. And, um, you know, I think it was time to for them to get to get that, to be able to have what all these other teams have had and especially what they've brought to the league. It's like, let's do it. And I know a lot of people were like, yep, we're done with the Raiders because they're leaving <laughs> open. We're not going to the games in Vegas, but yeah. who sees this, if you've yet to go to Las Vegas and you've not given that stadium a chance and the team a chance out there in the 702, just do it. Just try it one time and I'm, you'll, you'll still feel that love because the black hole, even though it's not, you know, we're not calling it that, everyone is still there. All the OGs still come out, and it's a beautiful thing to see them. I every single game, that's the first place I go to is the Winfield Club to go see them. Yeah. Or the other side, and I make sure I say hello to everybody. You know, speaking of Allegiant Stadium, and we all know that the Raiders fans they travel well. We all know that they have a very strong nation. Like I remember so many times back in the day where we would play in Pittsburgh. We could play in Green Bay. We could play in Arizona. We could play in Dallas, Kansas City. It didn't matter. They traveled well. And the beauty about the Oakland Raiders was yeah. because it's Oakland, California. It's the town. It's not the city. It's the town. And so you had that tight-knit community. And right. my question to you is, Right now, obviously the Raiders, they got some steps that they got to take to get yep. back to being one of the better teams within the AFC. So that's already established. We already know that. But yep. as far as how, because Vegas is such a touristy type of city, how yeah. now is it me or does it seem like it takes away from that black hole home field advantage that we all came to love being in the Bay Area? Um, there's moments where you feel like, yeah, be, it's missing in there yeah. sometimes just because so, like you said, it's a hub. Everyone flies into Vegas. And mm -hmm. the one thing I, I noticed when I first got there, uh, the first season that I worked with them was the first season that they had fans. Cause it was the pandemic the, the, the year prior, Mark and I both looked at each other. And I'm like, why are they cheering when we're on offense? Like, why is it so loud in here? I was like, we're supposed to be working right now, you know? And then in Oakland, they'd have it on the, the boards, like, shh, like, yep. you know. Uh-huh. And they'll throw it every once in a while up while we're at the game. I think there's two sides to it. Yes, it feels like sometimes we're not fully represented in that stadium just yeah. because so many people are traveling there and they just want to see a football game. But it's also kind of cool to witness new fans coming in. Mm -hmm. Like you can't go to Vegas now without seeing a Raider jersey. It was like when the when the Golden Knights first got there and they had a phenomenal first season um, out in Vegas. I think it's cool to see new fans coming in to to appreciate what the Raiders bring. Like again to the NFL. So yes, it's gonna hurt some of us, and well, you know, the nostalgia of it all yeah. is. Not not always there, yeah, but the mystique. Um, yeah, you don't always see it. I mean, like again, like a lot of our games, uh, Chiefs, uh, Niners. It's like I'm like, why are there so many red jerseys? Oh yeah, <laughs> trust me, I, I've been to, I've been to Chiefs game at Allegiant Stadium. Yeah. Yes, yes, and you see it, and so that kind of like stings a little bit. But I think the one thing too that we all need to realize is that this is again only the second season we just had with fans in the stadium. Mm -hmm. Um, it's going to take a moment for everyone to start, you know, and, and like you said, the organization, the changing of the guard, people are moving. We're, we're seeing different people on the team now. So I think um, we just all have to remember it's 
I don't want to say it's use that word rebuild or anything, but it's definitely, you know, we got to find our place in Vegas still. Mm-hmm. And, and fans have to kind of trust us again, that we're going to bring that, that uh, spirit of the Raiders every single time. That's why I'm saying if people haven't been there yet to Allegiant, you know how beautiful it is. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, it'll feel like home once we all start to like let our guard down and go back in there. And, and, and a move is just a move somewhere else. Like it's always going to have like people. I wear my Oakland Raider hat all the time. I'm not supposed to be wearing it. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh-huh. I, I see you on IG with it. Yes. Cause it's always, it's, that's what it's always going to be for me. You know, a kid growing up in the Bay. And that's what I, I knew. I, I wasn't even like, I got some Los Angeles Raider stuff, but mine was always, was always Oakland. It will always be Oakland. So, I mean, I say all that to say, uh, yeah, if you come in there and you're an OG Raider fan, and you see no silver and black some of the games, it's going to bother you. Yeah. But on the flip side, it's cool because we are getting new fans coming in and just the sport of football in general, people are learning it now. There's so mm-hmm. many people there who are just going to win field club to pop bottles, Yep. but then they're getting that game experience. So it's like, oh, now let me go to Raider Image and buy a jersey. They'll start coming back and being fans. So it's going to take time. It's growing pains. You know, whenever you think about places like Phoenix, Jacksonville, New Orleans, or back in the day, you could have San Diego, maybe even Dallas briefly, or Tampa. And those are cities that usually host Super Bowls and decent sized crowd, decent sized population, things like that. And then when you think about 2024 and the Super Bowl, going to be in sin city yeah (laughs) obviously you're in vegas a whole lot right now yeah you're a huge advocate for the raiders i know vegas pretty well i've been there you know maybe a time or two in my life yeah i'm gonna let you go ahead and just describe or explain what super bowl is gonna be like in february 2024 in las vegas nevada I think it's going to be a Super Bowl like we've never had before. I there's, agree. There's, there's no place. I mean, even Miami, like Miami's great and all that. And it's beautiful. Now everyone always says it's like Vegas is Miami without the water. Yep. Um, it's not going to be, it's going to be perfect temperature. It's going to be great out there. The stadium, I do hope they open. Have you ever seen it when it's opened up? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it when it's opened up, uh-huh. It's rare that we have that because of the winds out there in Vegas, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's just going to bring a, bring a different energy because it's also coming off of um, Formula One is going to be in Vegas. Oh, yeah. Yes, so, they, and they got the stadium right there by the sphere. Yes, and the sphere, and they're having like, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but U2, I think, is confirmed now, hopefully. Oh, wow for that they're supposed to be opening it but there's so many things happening in vegas i talked to mark Wahlberg when he came to our game the patriots game he's obviously a patriots fan mm-hmm. but he gave, yep gave us some time and gave gave love to vegas he just moved out there he started production on his new film um coming up out in vegas and he's buying property he's buying land he um I think what's going to happen is the la of things are going to shift over to vegas yeah. very quickly with Formula One, with the Sphere, 
I hope, I know they haven't decided just yet, but Pro Bowl, I hope they keep it in there again, at least for 2024. Um, and I've done two, I hosted Pro Bowl this year in Vegas. And then last year I did the front stage at Allegiant. It's just a different energy. And mm -hmm. I've covered about six different Super Bowls in Minnesota where it was like, you can't even use your phone because it's minus six. Yes. Believe Remember me, Minnesota in the winter, <laughs> um, Minnesota in the wintertime, man, like, I'm sorry, like, if you if you're in a state, you're in a city. I don't care if it's indoors. I don't care if it's in a dome. And I'm sorry, I don't mean mean to cut you off, simply, but like, it just shouldn't. You just shouldn't have a Super Bowl if it's below freezing temperature. I'm sorry, you just shouldn't. I'm sorry. Like, maybe I'm maybe I'm 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 stereotyping. Maybe I'm I'm excluding certain people. Man, I don't care. Like, if you're if you if if the temperature is below 32. I'm sorry. You shouldn't be allowed to have Super Bowl. I don't care if it's New York. I don't care if it's Minneapolis. I don't care if it's Indy. Like you just shouldn't, you shouldn't be allowed to like, you just shouldn't. Maybe I'm excluding, you know, maybe somebody's feeling left out, man, whatever. So no. I, I just had to get that out. No, I'm glad you got that out because who's, if no one's experienced a Super Bowl, especially when you're working one, like, I had no idea. I that was my first trip to Minnesota, and um, I have family out there and stuff. And they warned me, but I didn't believe it. I'm like, "There's no way my phone's not going to work." And it's that oh, yeah. cold. Minnesota, it, Minneapolis, hurting cold out there. And I had the NFL honors the night that they had that. I remember trying to get a car, and it was just snowed to the max. Yeah, like couldn't get a car. I ended up getting dropped off with a taxi as close as they could. And then that's when my phone died. I was like, oh, this is where it all ends in the middle of nowhere <laughs> Minnesota, um, before NFL honors. But yeah, getting back to, to Vegas, I think it's going to be unlike anything we've ever seen before. I mean, yeah. it's not just Sin City. Like I said, it's going to be the new Hollywood. It's going to be um, it's just going to be the Mecca of everything. Vegas has really done a great job of having such a tight knit community and bringing in the ushers to take over the Celine Dion, yeah. to take over the Adele's with those residencies that are there. Mm -hmm. I've never seen a place that is nonstop 24 hours a day, seven days a week in the casinos, in the, in everywhere. Um, Very true. Get ready. Just be prepared for it. And uh, uh, you know, I will be. It rest, drink a lot of water, and, <laughs> and wear your wear your silver and black and represent out there because uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. I'm excited for Vegas just for the city in general to to get their love and their shine on um, at Allegiant. Yeah, you know, I never thought I would see a day where there actually was a, a sports team, a, a NFL team in Las Vegas. Obviously, right. now you even have the Las Vegas Aces. You got the yep. Golden Knights. So it's definitely becoming like a sports hub. It's becoming like a sports mecca, like you just alluded to within the yep. United States. And to me, I don't think there's anything better because it brings so many people to the city just off of tourism, just to go gamble already. Like you got people that like to go to Vegas for Memorial weekend, people that like to go for Labor Day and pretty much everything in between. And now when you sprinkle in the black and silver, the Las Vegas Raiders, to me, I think that uh, it's going to be like you just said, something like we've never seen before. And now that leads me to my next point. The only thing better than Super Bowl in Sin City yeah. would be the Las Vegas Raiders playing at home in the Super Bowl in Sin City. Yeah. But to do that, we probably got to have a quarterback. 
We might need a quarterback. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you. Yes. What okay. the hell are we going to do at the QB position? I mean, so I was watching the combine. I've seen the young guys in there and I've been listening to everything McDaniels has been saying um, and our GM as well. It sounded like in the beginning, they're like, we're going to do a, you know, and I hate this word rebuild, but like, we want to yeah. get, you know, let's start and figure our place out. I know they love the Patriot way, obviously coming from there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I really don't know every day I'm looking and trying to figure it out. People ask me, and <laughs> I'm, I'm like, saying I'm right there with you. I'm like, I, I work with the organization. I don't know anything. First of all, don't ask me about <laughs> the inside stuff, but I just don't know because there was so much with the Tom Brady situation. Uh-huh. And he decided I'm out again. <laughs> and then I just saw something recently where he's like, maybe he's not out. My somebody else is looking at him. Yep. So we don't know what Tom's doing. Um, I mean, it, what Aaron's looking like, it's going to be the jets. That's what mm-hmm. it sounds like he's doing after he took his uh, hiatus. Um, who do we got? Lamar is still figuring out. I know that he's got the the franchise tag, but it's open. It's the open yeah, franchise. Non-exclusive. Yeah, non-exclusive. He can go wherever. I mean, and he's a running quarterback. I mean, I feel like we gotta we gotta build it up no matter what we do, regardless. I think a young guy coming in would be great. But with our with our guys like Devontae and now with Josh Jacobs, he just got his franchise tag. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to see and Max. Like Mad Max, man, just great. I think, um, and now that Waller's healthy, we have such a great team and you're right. And everyone talks about it. I literally chased everybody down to get interviews, um, during, uh, me- at media row in Phoenix. Cause I'm like, what do you think we need? What do you think we need? Stephen A. Smith. I was trying to get everybody. And it's just, it really is up in the air trying to figure out what are we going to do next? So it's, it's kind of crazy to have all eyes on, on us, but I think uh, in my mind, in the perfect picture, I won't say who it would be. I will say this sports is about the underdog. And then that, that story, that big story where it's like, Oh, this is this happy ending for them. I feel like it's going to be this beautiful season for us. Once we figure out who's going to be there um, in that position. Um, and the fact that it's like you couldn't write a better story. It's in Las Vegas. Yes. It's, it's at home for us. It's been a long time coming. We've had back to back hits in these last couple of seasons since moving to Vegas. So I, I have high hopes that uh, we're going to get somebody in there. I would like to see a veteran guy get in there just because he already, you know, he's been through it all. And, and I think it makes the most sense. But but who's the vet? That's the question. (laughs) You're right. That is the question. And I'm so glad that you said that because I've gotten to the point that I lack so much faith in these young quarterbacks. And because the way the NFL is is now constructed, especially when it comes to the notoriety, the publicity, it's all about the next young hot thing. It's all about the next young hot quarterback. And because the NFL has uh, this obvious need, they got this obvious, uh, whatever you want to call it, just, yeah, like just, let's just say that they're addicted to promoting these young quarterbacks. And it feels like every year they push these young quarterbacks forward that may not be ready, 
Well, because they go and have a really big throw with their pro day or they run really fast at the combine or something like that. It's like the NFL just continues to pub them forward. And now GMs, because they only get about a year or two to build a team, they feel like they got to draft a quarterback. So they got to take him in the top 10. And then he winds up being overdrafted. He winds up being somebody like a Zach Wilson that you clearly should have given more time to develop, but the team felt like they didn't have enough time to develop him. And so now the fan base is wondering, well, why the hell do we take this guy top five? And he's not even that good. And it just becomes just a cyclical version of just chasing your tail. And it's so frustrating. That's why I love what you just said. I'm more of the mindset of let's go and get a proven guy. Let's go ahead and get, you know, Jimmy G, somebody that we know he's played in this league before. We know that he can be successful. He's injury prone. We all know that. But he's somebody that we know can play at this level, not somebody that, well, I mean, he threw good at the pro day and he had like 4,000 yards his junior year in college. So he projects well at the next level. I'd much rather have somebody that I know is going to play well, somebody that I know can play at this level the same way that I know Sunday comes after Saturday. No, yeah, no, definitely. I think that's a conversation. I was talking to my friend about that watching a lot of the shows and just analysts talk about it I feel like we miss that conversation a lot where these young quarterbacks I mean like you talk about I'm switching over to the NBA for a second because I recently was able to cover G League we had the one showcase there goes my dog oh it's all good (laughs) he just wants to be a part of the show it's all good show his name by the way Charles Woodson Whiskey Raider that's his name that's his name that's his name Charles Woodson Whiskey Ray wow Wow. <laughs> Shout out to C. Wood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He approved it. I was like, are you sure this is cool? He's like, yeah, we're cool with this. Cool. Um, I think that's the one conversation that a lot of people don't bring up as much is that, let me get him. Let me get him. Oh, good. He might want to sit up here. <laughs> um, <laughs> is, is not talking about it. Um, these young guys that come up and some of them do prove themselves, but I think that from college and then going straight into the NFL, it's huge difference. Oh, massive. Yeah. And I I don't even play the game, but it's, I know it because I can see. um, And and I think what the NBA does is such a great thing with having the guys come up the two way contracts where it's like, okay, and the the Warriors do it a lot with their Mm -hmm. guys. They do a great job of it. Steve Kerr, bringing them up and down. Like when you're, you've got to get those reps in. It's so different. The league is so different than, than, uh, you know, even some of the Heisman trophy winners that, that come on, it's like, it doesn't always translate. And so, like you said, it's going to be, especially now, I feel like it's go time for the Raiders. So I feel as though, like you said, and, and I mentioned a vet would be great especially with the, the team that we have right now and the urgency that we have with the Super Bowl going to be here right in 2024 in our, in our, in our hometown. Yeah. I think that, uh, yeah, the veteran quarterback probably in my opinion is the way to go just because it's so much of a crapshoot. When you look right now at the NBA, I'm sorry, the NFL draft, usually it's about five quarterbacks taken within the first round and three of them turn out to either be backups or busts or whatever you want to call it. One will probably be good, but 
because the team feels trapped, they're going to go ahead and try to make him into their franchise guy, give him some long-term contract that he probably doesn't really deserve or hasn't earned, at least as of yet. And then you'll have probably one guy out of each draft that turns out to be a stud. He turns out to be Trevor Lawrence. He turns out to be a Josh Allen, a Joe Burrow, somebody like that. And this is Sin City, so obviously we all know gambling's, uh, gambling's legal, but like, I don't like those odds where one out of five is going to turn out to be the goods and four of the other five are just going to turn out to be eh, pretty good, but, or just the flat out bust. So to me, that's why I'm of the mindset, unless you're getting somebody that's like an Andrew Luck, a Trevor Lawrence, where you know this guy just can't miss. Like we can't miss with this guy. I'm of the mindset. You might as well just go ahead and go with the guy who you know can play at this level. Yeah, I mean, even if it's just gritting them for that one one season, and then and and keep you know Stidham. I wonder. I mean, I know he's a free agent right now. I wonder if you know at least keep him too, bring him back. I wasn't mad at what he did when he came in. <laughs> oh no, me neither. Uh, that game yeah. against the 49ers, I thought he played very well in right. showing that. He has an understanding of Josh McDaniel's scheme, obviously from his days in New England. That yeah. to me it appeared to me it appeared that the previous quarterback didn't yet have because obviously that was his first year under Josh McDaniels. But with Jared Stidham having been in that system, been in that scheme, it seems like he was able to pick it up a little bit faster. So I definitely think the Raiders should bring back Stidham. Yeah, because I think we have just Chase right now, right? Is it? Uh, I think so. I believe yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, it, it'll be interesting. It's a it's a conversation that literally everybody. <laughs> I got my my ticker on. I'm reading everything. I'm like, that's what everybody wants to know. What are the Raiders going to do? Who are we getting? Oh man, trust me, we could talk about that for hours upon hours. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna go ahead and switch gears a little bit because Sibley, you're very talented. Obviously, you're multifaceted. And recently, you had a sit down with Remy Malik, Jared Leto, and somebody everybody knows somebody my mom's always had a crush on Denzel Washington. <laughs> so <laughs> tell me about that experience. you sit down with all three of those. Uh, um, so I had interviewed all three of them before that, but the first time I just want to preface the, this interview, cause it was one of my favorite interviews that the one that you're talking about for that, that movie that they did. Um, but Little a couple things. years, yes, a couple years prior, um, I had interviewed Denzel for, uh, equalizer. And mm. so I was sitting with him and I was still at E at the time. And he, uh, he could tell, like, you can't lie to that man. He doesn't play games. He's very, <laughs> very forward. And I appreciate that. But I remember I did an interview with him for the very first time and I was nervous because it's Denzel Washington. One of the, mm -hmm. he's like, I think he was named the top actor of our generation. Yep. So, um, he literally, the questions I had on the card were what they had given me. I was still new. I was still green. And uh, he looked at me, he said, what do you really want to talk about? <laughs> and like, literally, he's, like, he's like, where are you from? And I was like, the Bay Area. He's like, oh, and then he started, he, he had spent time in Oakland and he mm -hmm. started talking to me about like his life out there. And we started talking about music and I ended up just throwing the cards and I was like, forget it. Um, I don't think they ever used the interview. I don't think it aired because I went off script with him. But um, knowing that moment happened, I never got a second chance until this that time with him, Rami and Jared 
to actually do it. And I kept saying to myself, I'm like, before I get done with doing red carpets, I got to get him one more time. I mm-hmm. hope it happened. It did. And so I just, I was, I was ready and made sure that like, I got that moment with him and he was surprisingly emotional when I read a quote that um, we had pulled about his son. And so, you know, I don't, you don't see that from him too much in interviews. Like he's very animated, he's straightforward. And and when he kind of didn't have any words and asked me to repeat the quote, uh, it was cool to get that from him. Um, If anything else, I kind of just, I was appreciative of that moment, you know, a, a real moment. And, it, and it, it really helped my interviews moving forward because I learned to take a breath when asking a question and to listen as opposed to trying to follow up with something, giving people their space to really evaluate what I just asked um, and, and have like a real human moment. And so I think that's what happened. And I, and I was grateful for that. Um, and it got picked up in a lot of places, but for me, it's just knowing that, okay, cool. You're having these cool human interactions with these big celebrities and they're not giving you phony answers. So it, it, it challenged me. I was again, nervous getting in there cause it is Denzel. Um, but it was great to be able to have that second chance with him and, and, and do that. So it was cool. Yeah, it's great to it's great to hear you say that. It's great to actually see that every step that you've made, how you've been able to ascend within this media broadcasting world, something like I said, I'm a fan of, and I think you're doing great work. And obviously within this industry, obviously within our society especially within a male dominated testosterone driven type of industry. Talk to me about any difficulties about any roadblocks that you may have had to hurdle over or people that have maybe tried to stand in your way or things like that, that you've had to uh, actually uh, experience. Um, You know, I will say there's always things that happen kind of internally when you're working with different producers or, you know, anyone and, 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 to, I had to always be mindful that I started out as an MC, like in, in all of this, before I started asking questions, like I toured, I did music. And so for me, I was just a creative and I, I was kind of my own boss always. Mm-hmm. So when I got into this, um, I had to learn that, you know, you've got to appease what the network wants. You can't just go off on a tangent on your own because they have to get certain things out of it. Uh, they want things to go viral or they want, you know, headlines. But um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say when I, when I do, when I've had things where people didn't want to talk to me on a carpet or if, uh, you know, a PR cut me off and, and was rude or something, I just use those moments as like, okay, at the end of the day, that's, that's on them. Like I, I, I'll do my job. I'll continue to do it to the best of my ability. And um, when those roadblocks do happen, I shift the way I enter a room the next time. I shift the way, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't go in there as a reporter or a journalist. I go in there as, as Sibley. And it's like, how would I talk to this person if they were just, it was just sitting down and no cameras were on? And so 
I just try to just do me at any at any moment that I have and not listen to any of the negative or bring that in the space with me because I know I'm very mental with things and I can be emotional with things. So I hold on to people's opinions and stuff. But throughout the years, and I've been doing it for this year, this July, I think, or August will be 10 years that I've been uh, hosting and doing wow. interviews. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I started when I was 12. Just kidding. Um, and so <laughs> it's, yeah, it's been eye-opening. It's been, it's been crazy to know the journey that I, where I started, had no idea how to interview a human being ever. Um, and then in that capacity, and then where I'm at now to work and fully immerse myself in sports, that's what I always wanted to do once I started to, to get the hang of, oh my gosh, <laughs> get the hang of things. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's been a cool journey and I try not to let any of that stuff affect how I get my answers out of people or how I get, you know, conduct my interviews. Cause it's like, again, I can't control what somebody else does. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that answer. You know, uh, obviously there's so many different ways to react to somebody being rude to you and taking on the mindset of whenever we, whenever they go low, we go high. Like what you always heard with Michelle Obama. I think yeah. that's beautiful because as I get older and older, I realize, like you just said, that's on them. That has nothing to do with you. That's on them and how they want to treat. And just because they treat you a certain way does not mean that you have to return that same energy. Yes. Yes. And that's very hard to do sometimes. Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, trust me, I've been guilty of that. Or should I say I failed at that uh, mindset <laughs> more times than I care to admit out loud. <laughs> yes, exactly. But it's like, it's something that you, like you said, as an adult and you grow and you just start learning that you can't control what other people think. And it's especially in this, this industry is busy. It's always moving. It's ever changing. And, um, the one thing I tell everybody is just, I know it sounds cliche and corny, but I've just stuck to being who I am and that's it. Like you like it or you don't, but I'm going to be cordial to everyone. Cause my parents raised me right. And I'm going to make sure that I uh, listen to people when they speak to me and, and take criticism and feedback where I can, but also at the end of the day, make the best decision for myself. Love to hear it. Sib. I definitely have loved having you on. <laughs> You're an, an inspiration to so many, so many people across Raider Nation or just the country for that matter. And I got one more question for you. Yeah. And this one, obviously, this was, this was a little bit more fun. But there's a report that came out a couple of days ago. Obviously, there's a certain prominent golfer that uh, may have wanted to remove his significant other from the premises. Yes. <laughs> where they may or may not have changed the locks and a in an attempt to have <laughs> them go on a solo trip to the airport. Yeah. And then by the time the significant other got back home, they realized that the locks were changed. And now that significant other is in a litigation battle suing said right. prominent golfer for an obscene amount of money. So Sid, my question to you would be, if your significant other changed the locks on you after you leave the house, before you come back, since once again, you said that's on them, that's not on me, on how somebody treats me, 
You tell me what your reaction would be. If I came home and the locks were changed, uh, sorry, I'm throwing stuff for the dog. Um, when they go low, we go high, right? <laughs> That's what we're saying here. Um, I mean, at this, me now, the person that I am now, yeah, I would have to go high and, and get up out of there because uh, I don't want it to get ugly. But back in the day, simply back in the day, there'd be some problems, I'm sure. I I wouldn't know how to take it. I was I wouldn't be mature enough back in the day. Like I, I would definitely would not be mature enough now. Um, yeah, I would have to, I would have to get out of there. I would have to make a phone call. Like someone come get me. And <laughs> because, you know, you got to think about nowadays, like you got to think about everything. Yeah, you do. Like you got to be careful and all that stuff. So I think, yeah, now I'd be more responsible. I would, I would know what to do. I, I would call, I would get my attorney on the phone and, and do it the the right way. Um, but again, Sibby back in the day, Sib vicious. I don't know. Sib vicious. How she would handle it. <laughs> oh man. Hey, Sibley, it has been an honor to have you on Definitely got to do this again, man. I appreciate it. I'm a fan. So definitely continue doing what you're doing and keep striving ahead. Thank you, Stan. I appreciate it so, 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 so much. Thank you so much, Raider Nation. I love (laughs) y'all. Thank you.